Hey, it's Bad Pipes Podcast. <laughs> We're back from hiatus. We're back from haik- haikus. Uh, how long did we... Were we only gone for a week? Was it two weeks we took off? Uh, I can't remember. I think the last time we posted was like... Yeah, I think it's been two weeks. Oh, shit. Well, I was down in Florida. Um... We went to a renaissance fair. We did. We did we go didn't to... didn't pay for the Australian woman to baby bird shots into our mouth. Yeah, we didn't. A disappointing turn of events for all parties involved. <laughs> um, what else? What else have we been up to? What else have you been up um, to? Uh, not a whole lot. I got back. Um, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I've, I got back this past Sunday late, and then I've just been working. And I guess I, I, I started Baki. Um, so I didn't start that. I think I'm like seven episodes in. Uh, they don't have Baki the Grappler on Netflix anymore. I don't think it's streaming anywhere, actually. So... No, that's the one from, like, the... Yeah. You know, so I just, I just that. hopped into, I just hopped, in, hopped into regular regular old Baki. Yeah, you watch Baki and then you watch Baki Hanma. That's all okay. you gotta watch. Oh, okay. That's fair. So yeah, so I watched... I started Baki. I'm like... I'm on episode 8. Uh, I like it. It's got like an... For being... I think, what, that's 2018? 2020? For OG Baki? Uh, um, I'm not I th- sure. Let's see. Baki, Baki, Baki. 2018 is when it started airing. Nice. Okay, so yeah, the original just Baki went from 2018 to 2020. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize there were 39 episodes. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because well, they did... Uh, I know the first season was... Yeah, because that one has three seasons. Oh, shit. Well, I then. think the last season's a little bit short. Yeah. Um... Uh, the uh, no, it's only two seasons. So uh, it's twenty six episodes in the first season. Why is Google saying three? Oh, that's so. Uh, there's an OVA. Maybe that's why. Hmm. But from what I see on Wikipedia, there's two seasons. The first one's twenty six episodes, and the second one's just thirteen. So basically, it's like the second season's just half the size. Yeah. Um, I've been liking it for, for coming out in the new age. It's got an old school feel to it, which I, I really like and appreciate. Oh, yeah. So. But yeah. we're going to be talking about that next week. This week, we actually. I got something I want to talk about before we talk about The Green Knight, which is the movie that we were uh, supposed to watch for this week. Yeah. The Green Knight 2021 film. Yeah. Uh, the Green Knight. Oh, that was 2021. Yeah, huh. that's what Google is saying. Unless it is. It is no, it is. It is 2021. <laughs> right, for some reason, I thought uh, I thought this movie was pre-COVID, but I guess not. Anyway, big news: Gina Carano is suing Lucasfilm. Oh shit. Have you heard about that? 
Nope. Yeah. So she posted How, on. I do just have to wonder. So I have I have Internet Explorer up here. Internet, whatever the fuck it's called. The whatever Edge, Microsoft Edge. Um, up because that's the only way I can get Rotten Tomatoes to work. When I type in Gina Carano, or at least Gina Carr, the first thing that the first result I get from Bing, which is the default search engine on here, is Gina Carano feet. Just gotta put that out there. <laughs> Just gotta put that out there. You heard it here first. Scott's a foot guy. Uh, uh, that's not off my searches. That's just Gina Carano feet, Gina Carano husband, Gina Carano movies and TV shows. Those are the first three. Anyway, she made a post on uh, X, the artist formerly known as Twitter. And uh, basically... It says this, today is an important day for me. I'm filing a lawsuit against Lucasfilm and Disney. After my 20 years of building a career from scratch and during the regime of former Disney CEO Bob Chapek, Lucasfilm made this statement on Twitter, terminating me from The Mandalorian. Gina Carano is not currently employed by Lucasfilm and there are no plans for her to be in the future. Nevertheless, her social media posts denigrating people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. Um... So that was like what the official post from like a representative of Disney, mm -hmm. specifically Lucasfilm, said. Uh, and being somewhat familiar with this situation in the past, mm -hmm. I've always kind of said to myself, like, she has a pretty good case for. Uh, I think she has absolutely zero case. Uh, a judge would look at this and go, a private company has every right to terminate it's someone not, based off of things they're that. saying. Nevertheless, her social media posts degrading people based on their cultural and religious identities are abhorrent and unacceptable. She's never made comments like that. She has never made comments denigrating people based on their cultural or religious identities. I know this. I've done personal research into a lot of what she was saying that people were like twisting and whatnot at the time. Uh, also, it's the fact that their statement directly lost her job opportunities. So while I agree with you that a private company has the right to fire someone for literally whatever reason they want to, making a statement like that, a public statement mm -hmm. that is false, is defamation. Whenever you couple it with the fact that she lost opportunities because of it. So the problem is the person who's trying to prove defamation has to have a, a very clear cut case that they're attacking her character. And by no means, they terminated her over things she said. They're no means attacking the, her character. They're saying the reason she was terminated is because of posts she made, which a private company has every right to do. They're not saying Gina Carano is a terrible person because she did this. They're saying we have a differing, uh, we have a difference of opinion as a private company. We terminated her for this reason. Clear cut case. She has, she pretty much has no case in a defamation suit. Like I think you're like, wrong. Cause straight the burden, up, like... the burden of proving that like you were defamed is like my character was attacked. And, and I like, like, not only did they Her character was attacked that's documented multiple times over uh she lost job opportunities for, from it and it in was the like case, demonstrably false in the case of her like 
like she would have to prove that Disney specifically sought out to harm her character. So like by saying like, hey, she made posts we didn't agree with or like whatever the like like they're they're just stating this that that it's very clear they, they have a differing of what their views are. Like I I don't see how that's like they're saying like she's a terrible person. Like she like it's pretty good. Like you have to pretty much attack their character. Actually, it doesn't even look like this is a defamation case. Then, then, then she may. If it's not defamation, that she could potentially have a case. Defamation is very female representation tough. equal rights. Yeah. Uh, why were my male co-stars permitted to speak without harassment and re-education courses or termination? But I was not afforded the same right to exercise my freedom of speech. Okay. I, In I, that I, case, she may I have a case. There, so there was, I, I only know of all this defamation stuff because there was recently like a huge TikTok drama thing that I did a deep dive into one day while I was working from home. Um, and basically someone's trying to like sue for defamation over other people's posts on TikTok. It basically has no case. And, and the, the lawyer who was talking about it said like, there, it's so, defamation can be a very, very hard thing to prove. Um, there's such a burden of like evidence laid on whoever's like trying to claim defamation but if it is if it is a case of like workplace like a workplace equality like she may have a case to be like other people were saying or posting some shit <laughs> this is actually they... pretty interesting because disney is also getting sued by uh another group of women essentially alleging the same thing that uh they as women were not receiving equal treatment from Disney. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, Elon Musk and uh, X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, is actually bankrolling her case. So I think if like Musk's lawyers and Twitter's lawyers think that there's enough to like push this forward i think they've got something yeah but i could also see <clears throat> musk jumping the gun because he's he musk is so very like culture war hungry all the time it's i don't know it's wild yeah no yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out especially based on based on what they i think it is it is important to come de to to really kind of strategize and figure out by what approach you're attacking this because defamation is going to be very difficult but if it is something like you're saying where it's like hey there's clear-cut evidence it of like discrimination like it is defamation it sounds like it is discrimination, Dis discrimination that yeah. there could be and I mean, I mean, it'll be a while because I'm sure they'll do a lot of investigation into it. But it could actually could dig up some very interesting, very interesting things going on behind the scenes at Disney. It, that'd be that'd be super interesting. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see how this plays out. I hope it's fairly public. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll also. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. If Musk is going after it, Musk and his lawyers will try to make in as much of it public as possible. Yeah. 
Because even her, her last like full paragraph here is, as for me, I would love to pick up where I left off and continue my journey of creating and participating in storytelling, which is my utmost passion, everything I work so hard for. It has been difficult to move forward with the lies and labels stuck on me, backed and encouraged by the most powerful entertainment company in the world. I'm grateful someone has come to my defense in such a powerful way and look forward to clearing my name. Um, I think that's... I think it's good. I think this is a, a good thing that's happening. Because Disney's all kind of whack right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's just yeah. one piece of little news out there. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for, like, non-sequitur type stuff. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else. Um, no. I, uh, aside from Baki, I, I've been reading some manga. I started Berserk. Dude, that's crazy. I read the first three pages of Berserk the other day. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Maybe that was um, yesterday. I don't know. That I started reading yesterday. <laughs> That'd be wild. We're in sync. This is like this is like when women sync up their periods. <laughs> We're syncing up reading fucking berserk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very tempted to buy the first uh the first volume. Yeah, I like that uh his like first line of dialogue is what like I've got you right where I want you, you bitch, or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's like fucking that demon chick, and or she uh, looks like a regular woman at first. And then like, yeah, she's like, oh yeah, I got you, I got you, like right, and he like like, like says something. Falling he's for my trap or something like that. He's like, he's basically like, oh no, I got you right here. <laughs> murders, <laughs> fuck, fuck, murders her. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to keep reading it. Um, yeah. Mostly because I kept getting recommended like gameplay videos and videos of this game called Fear and Starving. Have you heard of that? Sorry, Fear and um, Hunger. Fear and Hunger. I have Fear and Hunger. Is this so it's a of? horror dungeon crawler set in the yes. dark and hopeless dungeons of Fear and Hunger. I, uh, I did watch. So I watched um, Ludwig played this some. Yeah, he probably played it because Connor. Sea Dog VA, Connor yes. Dog voice actor man, played it a while back. Yes, um, um, I believe I believe yeah they they were playing it around the same time. Like I think Connor started playing it first, and Ludwig was like, "Oh shit, what is this?" Yeah, the game's fucking sick, and it's like heavily based on Berserk. Um, I could see that. It definitely has that feel of like a just a very brutal, a, a very brutal and unforgiving place. Yeah, I mean, the game is dark. <laughs> yeah. Very, oh, very yeah. dark. Um, and there's actually a second one, which I think is in, like, early access now. Yeah. Uh, what is the second one? It's like Termina. Yeah, Fear and Hunger 2 Termina. Um, that one also looks very good uh not a not a game style that i would like to play because i i would just i know i would get fucking angry after like two hours of playing it and then i'd set it down and i'd never pick it up again um that's kind of got those like darkest dungeon vibes where it's just like 
it looks like a very brutal dungeon crawling kind of game and uh yeah. it just is sick but i watched a shit ton of lore videos on the game and pretty much every lore video would mention berserk at some point and i was like you know what i have the first little omnibus it's like parts one two and three of berserk mm-hmm. i don't know how many of those there are there's like 14 14 so what is that like 30 it's like 100 and something parts right yeah, so I, b- I believe cha- chapter-wise, Berserk in total is like 400 chapters. Yeah. Um, if I if I do recall correctly. Yeah, so yeah. I've always wanted to read Berserk. I just mm-hmm. never have. <laughs> yeah, no, I um. I've been recommended it a lot of times. And I mean, whenever the conversation comes up, it's always, hey, just read it. Like, there's not really, like, any sort of anime adaptation that does it justice. Um, there was those, like, movies a while back that I think were okay. But uh-huh. uh, I think no one's ever really captured it, right? Yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> Uh, and so transitioning from that, uh, a, a manga about a night, uh, we watched The Green Knight, an A24 film, because we wanted to be uh, artsy again. Yeah. The artsy boys. We are the so, artsy boys. The Green Knight is based off of, uh, was it Sir Gwen in the, in the Green Knight, I think was the uh, yeah. Arthurian tale. Yes, I believe that. That's the title. <laughs> so this is a pretty fanciful retelling of that, I would say. It's got Dev Patel as Gwen. It's got uh, Sean Harris as King Arthur. It's got Barry Cogan playing a fucking little gremlin man like he usually little, plays. Little dork. Uh, Joel Edgerton. Uh, as the Lord. The Lord. And you got Ralph Ineson as the Green Knight. Good old Ralph. Yep. Uh, and well, I mean, we completely skipped over Alicia Vikander. Mm, yeah. Deus Ex herself, or Ex Machina herself. What? The, what was the robot movie? Um. Yes. Ex Machina. Ex Machina herself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, just right off the cuff. Out of 10, what would you give this? Yeah, I really like this. I would give it a nine. I like, I... Yeah, uh... i give it a nine. Yeah, I'd give it an eight, eight, 8.5. Huh. Huh. I was up there. It's a very pretty movie. No, I think it's very well shot. Um... And I like the story. It's definitely, I can see why uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores are what they are. So uh, 89% critic score. 50% audience score. Yeah. And I think it's because... It's showing me 85%. I don't know what like audience would be of that. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's because six out of ten. Google sixty one percent like this movie. Your general audience is probably too stupid to understand the meaning of this movie. <laughs> I'm just going to be straight up with you. I have a pretty funny story about this movie, actually. I think you. I think um, you've told me this. I think you and Shelby have told me this. But you can tell yeah, for, the pod, so for the podcast. I went and saw this the night it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, bought tickets because it looked. It was a twenty four. It looked like exactly the kind of movie that I would like. I think I was riding high off of uh, the lighthouse at this point. Um, One of our highest rate. Uh, rated movies on the podcast. True. Um, and so this being described as like an adventure slash horror movie, I was like, but it's the green Knight," And the only thing I knew about the green Knight was like some Tolkien discussion about it that, uh, I had heard years ago. Um, and the things that like were coming out around the, the lead, the lead up to the the movie coming out um so shelby and i go see this then it comes out we watch it and i'm like dude i love this movie like it's so pretty it is thought-provoking it makes you think about like it's it's a movie that doesn't give you the theme of the movie in any of the dialogue it's like the entire story has to be thought about for you to like sit there and try to mm-hmm. grapple with what is the theme of the movie and like what is it trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we watch this movie. Lights come up in the theater. <coughs> there is what I can only describe as the most American family. <laughs> big fat dad, big fat mom, fat little teenage son. The three of them stand up like as soon as the lights come up and the kid goes, that was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Uh, Shelby was giving me a look. I'm sorry, Americans. You're not all fat. You are all stupid, though. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, what would you say this movie is about? This, so I think that's, that's a lot because I think you can look at it from a couple different, uh, a couple different ways. So you look at it from Sir Gawain's story where this is, this is for his, for him, this story is about, um, finding like a meaning or purpose in life in in my opinion um i mean it starts out he literally is this kid living at home going to well i, I think what well, that's a brothel he's at the beginning correct i, I believe yeah is that a, is that a brothel brothel yeah brothel bar whatever so i mean th- he lives at home he goes out and gets drunk like every night and then Whores around Mrs. Church. Mrs. Church. Um, and I mean, it's very clear this, he has no direction. He has, he has nothing. I mean, when the King asks him like, Hey, sit next to me. Now tell me, give me a story. And he says, I, I have none. King Arthur himself. 
King Arthur himself, literally. With a King Arthur himself, halo. Yeah, literally asks him, "Tell me a story," and he just, "I don't have any." Um, and then like almost on cue, and I mean, it, it is it is his own mom who, uh, you know, helps summon the Green Knight. Yeah, well, his mom is Morgana, the witch. Yeah, so she, you know, obviously pagan. Um, they have this pagan ritual in which they, they summon the Green Knight. And so almost on cue, I mean, he, having been just recently, I mean, just moments ago, asked to tell a story. I mean, he, he's very quick to take up the, the game that the knight proposes. Um, and then when, when given this choice, I mean, it, it's made very clear that the game is you strike me and a year from now, you know, you are to seek the Green Knight out in his chapel and you will be struck in the same way. And so instead of... And this is taking place on Christmas, on Christmas Day. Yeah. A day that's supposed to represent like charity and goodwill and good nature and all of yeah. the like most honorable... Uh, the highest the epitome of uh like christian values right yeah like god himself yeah. gave a gift to the world on this day <laughs> yeah um, and i i don't know I, I i think i sat with it at first and i went this is this this kid just made like a stupid decision like he got greedy and he decided to be stupid and i think i think towards the end i more so understood it in that he had a decision to make in that you you strike him lightly, you know, you, you do this. There's no glory, there's no legend in that. So I, I think by just, you know, going for it, you know, it, it makes the story all that much more. Yeah, I like, mean, if he hadn't done it, there would be no story, right? Yeah, exactly. That's. And, uh, I, I just, I, I think if you sit there and you, you poke, you poke the Green Knight, or you just slice him, no one will be talking about that. Because I mean, you, 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 you get. I mean, you kind of get it. And well, you also see how the story gets like blown out of proportion, right? So it's mm-hmm. like it goes from him beheading the knight, mm-hmm. and that being like a kind of macabre dark thing that he did uh, to the, the guy in the bar um, saying like, oh, he, he slew it most honorably. Yeah. And you can see the disconnect, right? Because you know that there was no honor in that duel. No. Um, but yet everyone's talking about it. It's been blown out of proportion. I mean, you have, you have plays being done or, you know, puppet puppeteering whatever you call that uh being done to retell the story over and over again within this year but either way i mean generally this the the from his perspective this entire movie is sir Gawain's journey to to really find meaning find purpose um i i mean very clear, like very clearly, you get that, you get that scene at the end where 
he flashes forward and sees what comes of his life when he cowers and runs away from his responsibility and honoring his oath. He lives dishonorably and he, he, you know, he dies. He essentially dies dishonorably. Um, so yeah, um, I think overall the message of this has a lot to do with purpose and the fragility of life and a lot to do with, um, like like a balance of life and death kind of the return uh, like a return I, I, I see a lot of like the return to nature in this like the green knight is this very natural feeling entity and you have shots like Sir Gwaine tied up and bound on the ground and you have that panoramic shot that goes around like twice and you just see his body upon the ground as it decays and, and returns to the earth. And there's a lot of reference in that of like uh, I, I believe the oh, scavenger yeah. even says it, yeah, you know, the, the bodies the bodies will be reclaimed by, by Mother Nature. Yeah. So like, what do you feel like Gwen represents then? Um What Gwen represents? Yeah. Because, like, obviously the story's about him. <laughs> him and the Green Knight. Yeah. Uh, so I within mean, within that idea of theme that you've kind of presented there, like, what do you feel like uh, Gwen represents thematically? Thematically, just... I guess life in general... Like, I don't know. I feel like he he sits on this journey and he lives. Uh, it's such a timeline. Like he he. I mean, it, it's kind of this this feeling of finality the whole time. I mean, he he's on this journey to his death. Like he knows his death lies at the end of this journey. Yeah. Um. So I guess mortality. He he represents mortality of of you know man in general um you know a, a boy who has set out on a on a quest to die there's an interesting little bit from uh the wikipedia page um this is kind of funny because it, i pulled it up because the uh it was one of those like recommended people also ask on google it was like what is the meaning of the movie of the the green knight um and the little like paragraph it gives you is the film also deals with the conflict between mankind and nature. Mm -hmm. uh, Lowry, the director, stated that that monologue by Vikander's Lady Bertilac rep reflects both the symbolism of Arthurian Christian civilization being in conflict with paganism and nature and his own sentiment that nature will inevitably win over civilization and bring peace. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess within that context, Gwen would represent like civilization, right? Yeah, uh, I was going to say that as well. I, I guess you can really see that in there, and and in general, because I mean, th 
even just the green chapel itself is a representation of that. It's a chapel. It's a uh, you yeah, know I mean, like, desolate desol desol chapel that's is a being big reclaimed. Dude, who you know, yeah. Uh, when he puts his axe on the ground, like it starts growing grass and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like grass springs from his blood. Mm -hmm. Uh, very interesting imagery there. Um, but yeah, yeah that idea of Gwen representing like civilization and how civilization needs to like mature to live in harmony with nature, I think is an interesting little tidbit that you could get out of this. Yeah. Um, because he says there, like being in conflict with paganism and nature and his own sentiment that nature will inevitably win over civilization and bring peace. <coughs> so that's kind of interesting because like so many of these early myths that humanity has are about like man overcoming nature because mm -hmm. uh nature is bigger than we are and uh more powerful uh mm -hmm. it's wild it's untamed and like if you look at the story of oh shoot who's the mesopotamian dude um oh gilgamesh yeah if you look at like gilgamesh like gilgamesh is like fighting world serpents and mm -hmm. his best friend is like a wild man who was like made to fucking drive him crazy and yeah. like he conquers the wildness of man through like the love of a woman um and so like all of these early myths a lot of the time are dealing with that and so the way that this movie ends is interesting because a they don't give you anything about like does the green knight actually behead Gwen? um the implication there being that I think if you read the original myth he just kind of like taps him with it mm -hmm. and Gwen is like no uh, you, you gotta do it for real <laughs> and like makes him behead him basically mm. um, but it's Arthurian so there's probably 17 different versions of it yeah. probably one where like he doesn't kill him and another one where he does and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so with the way this ends it, it's kind of implied that like yeah he probably does like drop the axe on him and Gwen is beheaded but he dies honorably and yeah. uh, his, his purpose is fulfilled um, he has made a story that is worthy of retelling. Um, yeah. And he did it honorably. Yeah. Which is funny because anytime you give Gwen a choice in this movie, what does he do? The least honorable thing he can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he fucking, he treats people like shit. Uh, he <laughs> doesn't respect anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, he got, he got a little, he got a little, uh, handsy with the, the old lady of the manor there. I mean, even before that, a maiden in distress is like, mm -hmm. 
help me get my head. And what does he do? He goes, well, what do you give me if I do? And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> and she's interesting because her name is Saint Winifred. So it's like, she's a saint. Yeah. Um, also very interesting between Gwen and the scavenger you have two characters that are foils of each other uh the scavenger also manipulates people and takes from them and treats them poorly and i think it's implied to some degree that he's the guy that shows up to saint winifred's and is like i'm a noble lord <laughs> and, and kills her um because where does Gwen get the axe back at St. Winifred's? Yeah. Uh, who had it last? The scavenger. Um, very interesting bit of kind of off-screen storytelling going on there. Yeah, I was like, that That was... That one was kind of just like, yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Because... Cause it's kind of just like okay, did, did the axe just ma is like is the axe magic to just magically reappear there? Is it meant to be with him? Like you know, obviously he wants to bring it and and you know bring it back to the Green Knight. Um, yeah, I guess you could also. I my my thing was because you know she appears as a skeleton, so it's kind of like well then you infer that she's been you know this happened a while ago and yeah. You know, her body's laid there and, and decayed over time. So it's like, okay, then was it the scavenger? Was it? I don't know. Because I think there's another uh, aspect or facet of the story that you could talk about, which is like time. Like time passing <laughs> yeah. is like a menacing thing. Why? Because at the end of time passing, you die. Uh, it's It's inevitable. Um, yeah. There is no image immortality in this world, mm -hmm. um, except through story and retelling, which is a a uh, a not true immortality, right? Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of scenes or shots that imply this like menacing passage of time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, kind of like you were talking about the puppet show where the, the calendar ticks along real quick. Uh, the shot, that panoramic shot where it is him tied up in the woods and it pans away and does a full 360 and comes back to him. <coughs> where if you're watching that, you can actually watch time pass. And whenever it gets back around to him, you know, he's he's decayed and there's, you know, bugs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think that even the Lord uh, at the towards the end there um, is kind of representative of time passing. Uh mm -hmm because he's talking about like hunting and things like that and you can only hunt during certain seasons um interesting interesting yeah uh 
yeah, time is oppressive and it's very oppressive in this film. Uh, it feels like, it almost feels like time is the antagonist in this movie, right? Which yeah. kind of folds into those themes of uh, civilization versus nature. Mm -hmm. um, civilization compared to the timelessness of nature feels like it's inevitably doomed which is exactly what you feel from Gwen. <laughs> yeah. Gwen is like doomed by honor and this obligation to fulfill. Um, and the Green Knight is timeless, you know. He sleeps, he wakes up when he needs to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's, he's there forever. Uh, even... That last little, uh, like, if Gwen had run away, mm -hmm. um, feels like an exploration of, like, time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you give yourself more time, dishonorably. All your merits come to, yeah, come to haunt you, basically. And at the end of it, you still die. And you still die the same way, apparently. Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, if if all of art is about death I think that this is a very good example of that that concept within art yeah um, I just rambled for a really long time there <laughs> that was good uh, um I'm gonna, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna give it a nine. I'm gonna change my score back <laughs> to what I originally said. You know, okay. initial my my initial gut feeling said nine. I'm sticking with nine. All right. I'm gonna stay like point two ahead of you. I'm gonna give it a nine point two. Nice, nice. Yeah. Sorry about there. Hold on. I gotta I gotta make sure I add this to our our list. Our little yeah, our running list here. List. We haven't updated in a little while. What did we What did we do last time? Did we do a movie last time? Uh, we were supposed to do the the John Wick trilogy. Oh, yeah. And I didn't watch it, so I just went ADD. Also, one of our most downloaded episodes. Yeah? Yeah. So we've got three that have hit uh, a significant number of downloads. Um, holy shit. Actually, yeah, last week not last week whenever the Oscars drama and a touch of ADD episode came out um, 12 downloads its first week uh, it's up to 16 which I know doesn't sound like a lot but our most popular previous episodes were like three goslings in a row which got up to 13 <coughs> uh Getting zogged on the nog with our guy Herzog, which got up to 12. Um, no longer masked by the naivety and innocence of childhood, which got up to 11. But there was one before that. I think it was Stargate. Hold on, I'll find it. I'll find it. Okay, yeah, Stargate and Tombstone had 14, so 
uh, that for a long time was our most popular. Then three goslings in a row, and then uh, now Oscar's drama and a touch of ADD. Man, uh, so that's kind of interesting because we didn't. I don't feel like we talked about anything truly important last time. No. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's the Oscars drama, you know. Maybe it's you, the put, you, drama. you throw those clickbait titles in there. Or maybe it's the the fucking uh, the the mental health crowd being like a touch of ADD. Is this me? <laughs> Could be that too. Um, clickbait titles. I just title them what I think's funny. Uh, yeah, this movie's good. Um, at two minutes, sorry, two hours, five minutes. I, I do think that that kind of plays into a lot of other people's issue with the movie as far as like reviews. So like, uh, artsy fartsy critics are going to be willing to like sit through that. Whereas, uh, your broad audience who's going into this thinking that this is like an adventure movie about a guy who fights the green knight. Yeah. Um, I definitely see why they would be disappointed because uh, you're you're giving this like Arthurian, Monty Python, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, knights fighting things. You know, it's kind of like what most people would expect. Mm -hmm. And then you're given this story about like the oppressive nature of time, uh, the inevitability of death, and uh the the eternal conflict between civilization and nature and uh <laughs> that's probably more than most people are willing to chew on for two hours um i think i don't think you could have paced this quicker though uh you could do it to like more mainstream appeal but i think for the theme of the movie you you definitely couldn't yeah because you gotta sit on certain scenes uh yeah definitely <laughs> yeah yeah oh i do recommend this movie though um, high score and a recommend yeah i i would also recommend it but again to to people who are going to i think appreciate it and understand it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's an A24 film. They pretty much only do artsy stuff now. Uh, You got to know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Speaking of, A24 has a pretty good lineup of shit coming out. Um, They had... God, what was the movie that, like, just came out? Um, They had one with Nick Cage just come out recently. The Iron Claw, I really wanted to see. The one with uh, oh. Zach Efron, Jeremy Allen White. Yeah, the Von, the Von <laughs> Eric family. Yeah. Uh, I want to watch that at some point. Um, yeah. There's another one. Oh, Love Lies Bleeding looks really good. that new Kristen Stewart flick. Oh yeah. Katie that one comes out in March. Ed Harris. Um where is 
I thought there was a... I thought yeah. uh, Nick Cage didn't, didn't they do that Nick Cage one? I thought that was a twenty four. Maybe I'm going crazy. <coughs> With the uh, oh dream uh, scenario, there it is. I was like, why? Why could I yeah. not find this? Um, it also did Priscilla, which looked pretty good. Uh, yeah, and directed by Sofia Coppola. Coppola. Man, they're oh. they're they're really hitting. They're they're. Honestly, releasing a lot of movies. Talk to me. Huh. The Zone of Interest. That one got a lot of acclaim recently. <coughs> yeah, it looks like they got some pretty good looking stuff coming out. Yeah. Great. I mean, great studio. They've yeah. been crushing it. They stay crushing it. I mean, they were, they were one of the first studios to come out and kind of deal with this, the uh, writers and actors and get right back to work through the writer strike. The Civil War movie that they have coming out, Spring twenty twenty four, looks pretty mm -hmm. good. From the writer of Twenty Eight Days Later, Ex Machina, and Annihilation, um, Alex Garland. Uh, mm -hmm. He's he's damn good writer so i'm interested to see that especially because yeah. it's got <coughs> god dude i need to stop getting sick uh it's got kirsten dunst wagner mora nick offerman kaylee spaney i think her name is <laughs> stephen mckinley henderson um it looks good the yeah. trailer looks interesting i should say nice um, but yeah. Next week, though, we're talking about Baki. 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 Baki and Baki Hanma. So we were doing both? Yeah. I was like, I got some shit to watch then, I guess. I had like two months to watch this. You said you were going to watch all of it over your trip. <laughs> I didn't watch anything over my trip. <laughs> So Scott's gonna get all caught up on Baki, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about that, um, and whatever other nonsense happens between this Thursday and next Thursday, because uh, that's what we do now. We them boys that talk about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy? We didn't even talk about how he freaking splooges on his hand in this movie all right that yeah that was a that was a scene huh that was a scene wild yeah she got him a little too excited splooge on his hand and on his uh his protective uh what do they call those doodad. yeah there's like a name oh, for it sad. legend it's just the g or what they call it. With a G. His girdle. girdle. Yes. That's his girdle. He stains the girdle. He come eat on it. Got too excited. That's just crazy. 
I thought it was a very interesting um, aspect to like have uh, the same actress like play her that like plays uh, the like woman that he's in love with. Yeah, back home. Um, just I, I like that. I like that they that that aspect to it. They did that. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, well, I guess that's it. I'm sleepy. Me too. I'm a sleepy little guy. Uh, if you made it this far, thanks for listening to... I don't know. Whatever this was. Yeah. <coughs> the Green Knight. Um, and other news, Pal World, Pal World is definitely not going to get sued by Nintendo. Uh... me just adding a story at the very end of the episode yeah pal world's definitely not getting sued by nintendo pal world i don't know if you guys know this but uh there is no fair use in japan really yeah there is no such thing as fair use in japan so if nintendo was gonna sue them They would have done it already, especially because the people who made Pal World are a Japanese company. So it would have been local courts that they would have sued them in. So if it would have, if it was going to happen, it would have happened already. Yeah. Uh, oh, which is really crazy. interesting because some other stuff came out because there was some hubbub that they were like, oh, look, it uses the same animation bones or whatever for like these, these different things. It turned out that that was fake. Uh, that person ended up having to like apologize publicly on like Twitter or wherever it was where they had made their their claims. Um, Damn. Uh, yeah. So pretty wild. Um, a lot of wild claims around Power World, which I think is just like a flash in the pan kind of game. I think people will be, will be bored of it two months from now. I feel like I already have. <laughs> down. Yeah. Well, after all of the the hubbub, you know, people being like, "Oh, Nintendo's gonna sue them," uh, died down. I think they're like, people don't care anymore. It's an interesting game. Uh, I think it's a, a pretty cool game if you're into like survival shit like that. Uh, whatever. I don't care. I still play the same games. Uh, Hunt Showdown. Playing Hunt Showdown. Uh, yeah. So, that's something else that happened. If you listen this far, once again, thanks for listening. Uh, you can talk to us at, on, on the artist, uh, X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Bad Pipes podcast nope just bad pipes pod bad pipes pod uh you can email us interesting questions but only interesting ones at cryptidworksofficial at gmail.com um the music as always is our boy carl casey at white bat audio cooking it always oh yeah uh what else do we do 
oh yeah if you're unhinged enough to want to give us money to pay for our podcast hosting or to to rent obscure movies off of uh internet you can do that at uh bad pipes podcast at patreon patreon.com forward slash bad pipes podcast <coughs> yeah and uh if you're cool good good job being cool <laughs> thanks good night i love you bye